Amen. It is good to come together and to worship the Lord this morning. Welcome those of you that are here in service with us at Holland Chapel today and those that are online joining us. I am uh, Pastor Roger and it is good to be with you to share God's word. We are continuing in our series today, If I Am Being Honest, from the book of Psalms. And today we will be looking at Psalm 23. This is perhaps the most popular passage of scripture in the world. The only other passage that I could think of that might come close to it would be the Ten Commandments. And of course, very few people know where those are at. They're somewhere back there, you know, in, in the Old Testament. But Psalms 23 is known by so many people because of its broad usage. They see it on placards on the wall. We see it in cards, greeting cards, sympathy cards. We see it so many different places. And it is such a tremendous message. And I think that we recognize that David speaks to this and uses the illustration of the relationship of a shepherd and his sheep. And David, being a shepherd, intimately understood these, uh, these phrases and these things that, that we're going to look at here. And so we recognize and we will look through this psalm and uh, I'm sure that you are familiar with it. Many of you perhaps could quote it. We will be using the King James translation uh, this morning because of the uh, commonality of that passage of scripture. This passage of scripture so often is a place that we go to when we need consolation, when we need encouragement, when we need peace. I believe that this psalm is even a psalm that brings productivity to our life in Christian service. And so I ask you to join with me in this, uh, this morning. And I am so glad that someone left me a sermon outline here to go by. So I've got plenty of material to just tease it. If you would join with me as... David expresses the heart of one of the sheep to his shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup, runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This illustration that David 
uses. We will take note of several of the references in this text today, but my primary thought and primary focus is going to be the very first verse of this psalm. Everything else in this psalm comes out of and is in support of that first verse and the statement that is made there. And the thing that jumps out in that first verse to me is this, this statement that David makes, I shall not want. That's almost a dangerous statement in our culture and in our world today. And I think as we should always do when we open the Word of God, we should be uh, looking and desiring what the Lord has to speak to us in a particular phrase or statement. And so in this passage of Scripture, if we look at this, some other translations that perhaps help us with clarity in that statement Translate like this. I have all I need. That sound familiar to y'all? One of our songs, we just got through praising the Lord and expressing to Him that all that we need we find in Him. Another translation says that I shall not be in want. Other words, everything, every provision that I would need has been given to me or is brought to me. I shall not want. When David makes this statement, he's not making this in the form of a question. And it's also not made as just kind of a flippant line or an introduction so we can get on to the rest of the story about the sheep. Because you see, this is a beautiful illustration about a shepherd and his love and care and provision for the sheep and the sheep and their recognition of who their shepherd is. But you see, it's a lot more than just a story about sheep and a shepherd. It's a story that is an illustration of sheep and a shepherd in order that we might better understand the relationship of the one who has chosen to shepherd us, if we will be his sheep. There's a danger in the world's uh, perspective and mentality of making a statement like this today. When we say, I shall not want, in our modern culture, in the attitude of the world today, in the hearts of carnal man, they very much make that statement and claim that in a selfish sense. And so what we refer to and think of as a sense of entitlement that the world lives in today, many would wrongfully take that statement and they would say that, well, God's just going to let me have everything I want. There's just somebody or some source that's going to provide. It's just... You know, Christmas morning every day. And so that's what the world would tell us. And, and sadly, there's a lot of that philosophy in religion as well. 
But what the scriptures show us and teach us here is this statement is not one that comes out of a worldly perspective of entitlement. But it's a statement that comes out of the recognition of the grace of God. It is a biblical perspective of a creator who has made provision for his creation in every way, with every need that they might ever have. And so while a worldly perspective of entitlement might say, I want and someone else has got to provide it for me, a grace perspective says, I don't deserve, but someone provides for me. And you see, Keaton spoke to the helplessness of the sheep. Animals without an appropriate defense system. No fangs, no claws, slow, clumsy. Best hope they can do is to grow the wool thick enough that something has to work to get to them. What a wonderful illustration of an animal that needs grace to meet its need. Well, when we examine and we look at this statement, I shall not want, there's a couple of things that are necessary for that statement to be fulfilled and for it to be a reality. There has to be a provider and there has to be a provision. We can't make the statement, we can't claim the promise without recognizing that there is someone that can provide that which is needed and that that which is needed has been provided. And so when we look at this and take note of David's statement and his confidence in a provision and one that would provide for him, we see this illustration of a shepherd and sheep, his sheep. And we see the, in the text the capabilities of the shepherd. We see a shepherd who knows where the grass is green. We see a shepherd who knows where the water is good. We see a shepherd who knows the path that will get them to the right place. He knows the path that is not hazardous or dangerous for the sheep. We see a shepherd who possesses strength with his staff and with his rod. Certainly we see a shepherd who is capable of providing. We see a provider. We see one who stands in during a time of danger. The scriptures tell us that the Lord is the good shepherd. Jesus professed himself to be a good shepherd, the good shepherd. He said the hireling would run away whenever there was trouble or there was danger. But he would not. He would be there. 
He's referred to by David as the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. And in this text, we look at that word, the word Lord, the indication of that. There again, this is not just a, a title. It's not just a, a, an introduction to get into the poetry. When David speaks, he speaks of the Lord God. The Trinity of God as we think of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In God's knowledge and wisdom, His plan, His provision is perfect. A provider above all others, His Son Jesus who came, who became the Lamb of God, the sacrifice for sin, in order that He might be the Good Shepherd, the one who laid down His life for the sheep. And the Spirit of God as He dwells with us and leads and directs and works in the capacity of the Holy Spirit that we have within us today. He's our provider. Oh, what a provider. God Himself. Who comes to us. To speak to us. And to bring to us the provision that we need. In this text of the 23rd Psalm, repeatedly through these verses, you will see where it says, He, 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 Thou hast, the Lord has, the Lord has, the Lord has, the Lord has, the Lord has. The Lord has covered all of the bases. There's not a passage here, there's not a verse here where David says, I got this part of it covered, you can take a break for 15 minutes. You see, he's totally dependent on the Lord. He's the provider of all things. The sheep depend on the shepherd for all things. You and I, as the Lord's sheep, could learn that lesson that we would trust the Lord and let him be the Lord of our life in all things. Because you see, we have a tendency to be selective. We have a tendency to say, Lord, you can shepherd me here. But in this area, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to do it my way. When we do that, we bring problems into our own life. So the Lord is a provider, a shepherd, the good shepherd. And he certainly brings the provision. In the illustration of the, the shepherd caring for his sheep, the sheep ate grass that was never better. The sheep, the, the sheep drank water that was never purer. The sheep walked the pathway and were not lost. The sheep had everything that they need. Something I want to... to point out to you here in this text I want you to notice here in one of these verses how as David is talking about the shepherd and the sheep but we know he's talking about the relationship between himself and the Lord how his thoughts transfer from the illustration to the reality of his human experience. 
because sheep don't go to the table to eat, do they? What did he say? Thou preparest a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. Sheep don't do that. He's not talking about sheep. He's, he has done left the illustration for the intimacy of the personal relationship that he has with his Lord. So you see, it's beautiful poetry, but it's much, much more than that. It's the intimate relationship of an individual who trusts the Lord Jesus Christ who trusts God's purpose and God's plan and who knows that even as the king of Israel his provision is from the Lord a little illustration story about the sheep and the shepherd and If we could put ourselves kind of in our imagination out there in the field, out there with the sheep, out there with the shepherd, out there in the desert, is what we would call the desert, but the good shepherd has found that place of green, lush grass and water. And the sheep are feeding, and the shepherd is sitting by watching the flock. And as the sheep enjoy the grass and the comfort, the protection of their shepherd, a mountain lion enters the picture. Comes out of the rocks and up and stands up looking down on the flock. And as the sheep graze, and as the shepherd stands watching and recognizes the presence of the danger of the evil one for the sheep. And one of the lambs, as it grazes, gets over closer and closer to the rock. And yet the shepherd is watching and rises up and begins to move. And as the mountain lion's focus is on that lamb and as he waits for just a few more steps that he might slip closer or that the lamb might wander a little closer to the rocks and to the cliff. The shepherd, ever watchful, is risen with his staff and his positioning himself to protect his sheep. And the mountain lion, having confidence that he can do whatever he desires, deems that it is the time for him to make his move and he pounces on the lamb and as he pounces the shepherd steps in the gap 
and thrust with his staff into the vitals of the lion. And the lamb, finally recognizing the danger that he is in, flees to the shepherd. And while he may have been scratched, he may have been scared, he may have even been wounded to a degree. He's found and recognized and learned the protection of the good shepherd. Now meanwhile, while all of this is going on, there's that old, old sheep that's been standing back over here away from the rocks eating the grass watching this whole thing transpire and the old sheep says it's a good thing to be a sheep And it's a bad day to be a lion. Because when you've got the good shepherd watching over you and providing for you, caring for you, you see... It's a beautiful poetry, it's a beautiful illustration. The 23rd Psalm is a beautiful story, but if we miss the point, it's not nearly so much about sheep and a shepherd as it is about you and me and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the one who provides for us. He is the one who meets all of our needs. He is the one who has prepared himself and positioned and put himself in that place to be our shepherd. And he is the one that desires to shepherd us if we will be his sheep. But you see, even in the midst of all the provision and everything that we see here, we have to recognize that the sheep have a choice in this. Because they can wander away. They may choose not to be a part of that flock of the Lord. In the New Testament, Matthew records a statement of the Lord this way. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto thee. How much are we committed to being sheeps of the fold when it comes to material possession, material provision of this world? Is that sometimes one of those areas where we say, Okay, Lord, I'll let you be shepherd here, here, and here, but 
I've got this part covered. Is that, is that one of those areas? That we trust in our career capabilities or that we trust in our training and our education or we trust in some other worldly excuse for thinking that I can take care of this myself. I can provide myself. Jesus called for his disciples to prioritize the kingdom's work first. And then he said, I will take care of all these things. And if you want to go to that text and check it out, let me encourage you to do that later. Matthew chapter 6, he was talking about clothes, food, shelter, the provisions that he knows that we have need of to live. But he says, I'll provide all of those things. When Paul wrote to the Ephesians in an illustration of God's provision for his people, he said, put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand. Put on the whole, I like, we refer to it sometimes as the Christian's armor and, I, and that's a good that's a, that's a good title and a good reference to it. It is the armor that the Christian wears. But it is the armor of God. God is the one that has provided every element of what we have. And so as Paul's emphasis to the Ephesians was take the provision that God has provided and you will be able to stand during that day. And then when he wrote the Corinthians in all of the kind of struggles and mess that they were dealing with in Corinth and the culture of that day and the culture of Corinth and the corruption of men, he told the Christians, be faithful. He said, no trial has befallen you but what is common to men. And the Lord is faithful in that he will not allow any temptation or trial to befall you but what he will provide a way of escape. He would provide the way. So you see, as sheep, we are called to recognize the Lord as our shepherd, to follow, to obey Him, to listen to Him. And so even when we are walking through that deepest valley, even when we are experiencing that darkest day, He is there. He provides. He protects. He gives us everything we need. The great danger and the great tragedy is not the lack of a shepherd. The great tragedy, the great danger is not that there is a shortage of provision. The great danger and the great tragedy is the absence of the sheep in the presence of their shepherd.
Isaiah says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We turn, we've turned everyone to our own way. And you see, that's where the danger is. That's where the tragedy is. That we as sheep would fail to recognize the Lord is our shepherd. He is our provider. He is our protector. He is everything we need. And we would wander away. We would seek a different sheepfold. We would go to a different pastor. We would seek, seek water from another source. See, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. If you're looking at that in the King James translation, you may see that the word is there is italicized. So that is a word that's understood as part of the flow of the statement. But perhaps we might take a little more emphasis if we thought of this statement like this. The Lord, my shepherd. There is a definite tone of David claiming and holding to the Lord as his shepherd. And that word that is used there, Lord, it, here again, it's not a casual title. And I realize in our worldly customs and our uh, worldly mentality today we may not like what this word says to us but the word Lord indicates a master and a owner it is a very strong word it's a word that indicates and designates that there is someone who has authority there is someone who has power there is someone who is capable. This term is commonly used in recognition of another person. This is not a term that is commonly used for an individual to claim something for themselves. Because there's only one that can live up to that. Jesus is the only one that could claim that title for himself but you see all of us should could and ought to use that title to recognize him as our Lord as my Lord because he is the one who has the power and the authority and the capability to shepherd us and to meet our need. We might, in our common culture and carnal mentality, we might say, well, I don't like that terminology of master and owner. The scripture says, 
if you're a believer, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ, if you've asked God to forgive your sins, and you have named Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection as your hope, the scripture says you are bought with a price. You are not your own. And if you have not yet done that, if you have not yet accepted Jesus as your Savior, you recognize that He has already paid the price for you. He didn't even ask you if you wanted it. He just went and did it. Because you needed it. And you couldn't provide it for yourself. So you see, there's a provider, there's the provision made, and there are those that are the beneficiaries of the provider and his provision. We, by faith, are the ones that possess, that we enjoy the blessings of the Lord. But you see, possessing the provision only comes by accepting the provider. That's the only way that it comes. Whether it's at that point of our conversion and salvation, or whether it's as we walk through the days of our lives, and as sheep, we accept the Lord on a continual day-by-day, hour-by-hour, situation-by-situation basis of saying, Lord, my shepherd. Lord, let me graze, let me drink, let me rest where you want me to rest, where you lead me to feed, where you provide. Lord, my shepherd. Now, this morning, if we are being honest, And if you would be honest with the Lord and with yourself. Are we speaking this term today? You are my shepherd, Lord. See, the greatest danger that we face, the greatest hazard that there is for us, even in our present circumstances of COVID-19, the greatest danger that COVID-19 poses to any one of us is not that we might get sick and have to deal with that. It's not even that we might get sick and die with the COVID. The greatest danger of COVID-19 is that because of that we would wander away from the shepherd's fold. That we would wander away from our shepherd and his provision and his protection and what he has done to meet all our needs. Would you pray with me this morning? 
Lord, as we come to you today, and Lord, having considered your scripture this morning, we just pray and ask, Lord, you touch and move in our hearts. Just allow us, Lord, each one, to know your presence and your provision for us. Help us, Lord, to see you as the good shepherd, the provider of everything that we need. The one who is with us always, even in the darkest hour, even in the lowest valley. Lord, help us to recognize you as our shepherd. Amen. 